0: Hi, I'm Sarah O'Connell Claytor.
1: and this is Jonah blossom and
0: welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service.
1: Each week, we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People sharing ways to improve your life.
0: And Jonah, today I'm very pumped. Very what? pumped, indeed. Why? Yes, because friends of mine are here in the studio: Jim and Diane Lubin from Millbrook, New York, and the Globe and the World. Their personages at the large. The
1: universe.
0: And we're gonna be chatting about their some of their adventures as United Nations peacekeepers. And there's
1: a rotary connection as well.
0: Well, Jim is is a fellow Rotarian in the Millbrook Rotary Club, but they have the most Jim and Diane have the most fascinating stories about well their life's work. That's fine. When out. they were working for the UN. So welcome Jim to Radio Rotary. Thank you very much. And your lovely bride that I'm a huge fan of. I, I, I make no um, secret of it, Diane Lubin. Thank you. And I'm just delighted that you all um, were here. I've been telling the Radio Rotary people about uh, repeating some of your stories, which, of course, are, are not mine really to share. But we're so happy you're on uh, on the airwaves with us today.
1: So tell us, how did you get involved with United Nations Peacekeeping?
2: Uh, yes, uh I was a a proofreader in in Fleet Street in London, England.
1: Well, you'll have to explain what Fleet Street is. It's it's where all newspapers are, right?
2: uh, Yes, it's the uh, center of the newspaper industry at that time. And
1: you went to London because obviously from your accent you were born and raised in Brooklyn. You went to London from Brooklyn, right? (laughs) No, no, not at all. He's a
0: Brit, plain and simple.
2: No, I'm actually from a place called Burton-on-Trent in the Midlands in England. But, okay. Uh, but I lived in London for most of my life. And uh, I got a job on the evening news as a proofreader and uh, and eventually went to work on the London Times. And uh, it was an interesting job, but uh, I thought I, of better things. And I just happened to be at... Uh, union headquarters one day, and I saw an advert for proofreaders in Geneva at the United Nations, and I thought this would be a wonderful thing to do. applied for the job, got the job for just two or three weeks, and... uh, The rest is history? The rest is history. From there on, I... I, You were uh, with the United Nations from then on, right? Yes, with the United Nations in Geneva. So, you were in the United Nations
1: at uh, Geneva, Yes, right? just on, on a short and, term. And, and, and you started as a proofreader. How does one go from a proofreader being a peacekeeper?
2: Uh, that's a long step. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, it took a few years. Um, after the short-term contract in Geneva, I eventually uh, got another job with the uh, United Nations in Paris, and I worked there for a year. Quite uh, the world traveler. Yes. <laughs> uh, after that... Citizen
0: uh, of the world. That's right.
2: correct. After that, uh, that was a short-term contract, contract just for one year. And I really got the flavor for United Nations work. The, it's a very cosmopolitan atmosphere. You mix with people from all over the world. And it gives you a great understanding of other people's problems. So I thought... Very much like Rotary, worldwide in, organization. In, indeed. Okay. So I applied for... A position in uh, with the United Nations in New York not thinking that it would ever happen but it did and in 1971 I was offered a two-year contract came to the United Nations uh, initially as a proofreader then editor uh, on a two-year contract and that two-year contract Extended and extended, and I eventually got a permanent contract. Now, would that permanent contract involve the lady next to you? Did you I was going to say,
0: when was that contract made with Diane Lubin? <laughs>
2: uh, well, that was midway through my UN career. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an office romance. uh, Uh Aha. Yes,
0: because Diane, Diane, uh, welcome to Radio Rotary as well. Thank you, thank you, yes. So you guys met at work while we're both
3: working for the UN. Right. Now, was that in New York? It was in New York uh, in the... Lovely, giant U.N. building that I used to call the graham cracker box when I was a school kid.
1: (laughs) Well, we're going to call it that that now. You know,
3: uh, Rotary has
0: U.N. um, Day annually every year. And
1: do you know who met at the United Nations at U.N. Day and did their first radio show together? da You it would and me. Be
0: you and me. Yeah. You and, and me against the world, Thirteen Jonah. Was
1: it almost 13 years? With the world. You and me with shows. the world at the UN. So yeah. let's, let's get back Ten to- 10 years ago, we started working together. Let's get back to this edition of Office so, for
0: So Diane, you guys met in New York at the UN, and you were both in the publishing part we of were, that wing of the United Nations. Right. But then you made the leap into doing more international service with them, or more, how, how did that happen? Voluntary. Volunteer. That, you
3: volunteer. So you volunteer, and where did you go first? Um, my first mission um, as, a, as a staff member, I had, Jim had been on mission in Lebanon, and I was a staff member, and I, I visited that mission, but I didn't actually have a job in that mission. I wanted a job in that mission. I really got the flavor for it, but it didn't work out. But we both went to Southwest Africa, Namibia, on mission together. Mm-hmm. And we volunteered. I mean, you're not forced to go on mission. Uh, I actually thought it should be mandatory that at some time in your career you, you should serve out and do the real work of the U.N. and see it done, see what the paper pushing in New York really means to the people out there in the field or what budget cuts by my government mean to the people out there in the field, because in the Reagan era, we had a lot of withholding of UN dues from the U.S. government, and it puts people at great risk. Now you're boots
0: on the ground uh, in in, uh, South Africa, and um, was that the first time you had worked together on a mission, Jim? Yes. Yeah. So, and who was in charge? (laughs) What do
3: you think?
1: Now, come on. Come on. Who will be in charge? The ladies in charge. So, um, now, of course, you were both in the publishing army on Nations, but when we went on this mission, I presume you weren't setting up a newspaper or something. You were doing something more hands-on. What, what was it, You Jim?
3: name it. You name it. You run yeah. a mini UN. You're, you're on the job 24 hours a day because you have to set an example. And in Namibia, we literally did run a headquarters out of a district of Namibia, which covered a lot of territory. I don't know how many thousands of square kilometers. And we set up an office, and we distributed information. We handled complaints, political problems, policing problems. We ran an election. Mm -hmm. We registered voters, 105% of the population. It took 15 weeks. We ran an election. That took a week. And then when the election was over, we kept the peace as best we could.
1: Now, Jim, uh, did they give you training for this, or is just use your innate abilities, you and, and your wife, to run this Well,
2: I had a good background remote. because um, I'd previously yeah. been in Lebanon as yeah. the Chief Civilian per- Personnel Officer of the mission in Lebanon. And so I had a, a, a lot of experience uh, at um, running a mission Um but uh, like Diane said, Namibia, which was formerly Southwest Africa, was a whole different kettle of a fish.
1: And we're going to find out more about uh, the United Nations missions and how our great guests Jim and Diane Lubin get involved in that. But who keeps us on mission, Sarah O'Connell Clater, by sponsoring Radio Rotary this week?
0: Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Salisbury Bank and Riverside Bank, Absolute Auction and Realty, Third Eye Associates, Patterson Auto Body, and the Rotary Clubs of Brewster Carmel, Clarkstown, Sun. Rise, East Fishkill, Fishkill, Goshen Highland, Hyde Park, Kinderhook, Tri Village, Kingston, Liberty, Millbrook, Nanuet, Greater Newburgh, and New City, New York.
1: We're back with more radio rotary after these important messages, so stay tuned.
0: Together we build schools out of abandoned buildings. Together we bring food to hungry children in need. Together, We see solutions instead of problems. We are the 1.2 million members of Rotary. Community leaders in your neighborhood and around the globe. Brought together to do one thing. Make more good happen. Connect with us at rotary.org. Together, we are Rotary. And we are people of action.
4: This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of Mental Health America of Dutchess County and the Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Centers, the MARC Agency. Are you a veteran or a family member of a veteran? Is life a struggle at times? Do you feel lost or alone? Let our MHA veterans help you. Contact Adam Roach at 473-2500. He and his team will do anything they can to assist you. MHA of Dutchess, the leader in helping our heroes and their families.
0: Five two 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 one six. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell Clater, and welcome back to this segment of this edition of Radio Rotary. I am joined by Jonah Treibwasser, hi my there. co-host. Hi there, hi there. I hope you're listening closely and I, learning something here, Jonah. I'm learning a great in deal. In the studio, we have friends of mine, actually, um, Jim and Diane Lubin, who are chatting with us about their adventures um, and their life's work, because they both worked for the United Nations and they were out in the field a lot as peacekeepers in various let's shall we say not as calm areas of the globe during um, you know some turbulent times turbulent is a good word uh, and Jim Lubin yeah welcome back Jim thank you is a member of the Millbrook Rotary Club right and his lovely bride Diane hi
3: Diane hi there nice to be here nice to have you always has a lot to say
1: (laughs) Now, Jim, uh, you probably, I would think, uh, appreciate the U.N.'s peacekeeping uh, mission because uh, you grew up in London or England during the war, during World War II, during the Blitz. What memories do you have of that?
2: Yeah, actually, I wasn't in London at the time. My mother was in London uh, running a hotel with her husband, um, who wasn't my father, actually. But so I was brought up with my grandparents in the Midlands uh, near Coventry, a little place called Burton-on-Trent. And uh, it was much safer there during the war, but we did suffer quite a lot from bombing. And um, there were times when I was taken out of bed as a child and my grandmother would take me downstairs and put me under the dining room table Mm -hmm. uh, as protection and you could hear the bombs dropping of course in Coventry
1: they they lost the cathedral I I was out in Coventry many years ago and you see the new cathedral and the old cathedral the ruins of the old cathedral
2: yes you're absolutely right that Coventry was more or less totally destroyed Mm -hmm. by the Germans and Uh, We could hear it uh, because it was very close to where I was living in Burton-on-Trent. And that was a scary night because some of our windows were broken by blasts from stray bombs. And that was really the very first time I got very scared as a young child.
0: And you also have a very vivid memory of D-Day.
2: D-Day was a special day, yes. Yes. I remember the planes flying overhead, towing gliders. The sky was black with planes. They came out of nowhere. We had no idea that was what was happening. I was 10 years old. I looked up at the sky and wave after wave of these planes with gliders was being towed over our heads. How we found out it was D-Day was that the American... Uh, servicemen who were coming to my parents' pub disappeared overnight. They were in those planes. Mm -hmm. They were all young boys. We got to know them very well. They looked after us. They brought us chewing gum, chocolate, Oranges, uh, something I'd never had before, and then they would say, "Where's your sister?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, this this is very special for me, and I'll tell you why. My father uh, flew thirty missions over Germany from Stansted Air Force Base, so um, you know he he spent a lot of time in, in London. And I don't know if he's one of the ones who was looking for your sister, but uh, <laughs> it, you know, he, he, I'm very proud of his of his war record.
2: It. it he probably was, but there were so many young boys like him. And those young boys we never saw again. But yeah. I owe my life to those young boys. They and, they and saved us. That was when America was, I think, at its greatest. And you, you paid that back a bit because you yourself served in the Royal Air Force. There you go. But a bit later. Yes, that's correct. That was conscription. I had two years in, in the Air Force. I served in Kenya and in southern Yemen in Aden and I was a photographer I used to hang me out of a plane <laughs> flying over the desert and um, a lot of adventures there. And, and then gave, one
0: thing led to another. Gave and you, you a taste you, for world travel. You started working for the United Nations. You ended up, you started out in Geneva, Paris, ended up in New York. You met Diane Lubin, your lovely bride here. The two of you did several missions, peacekeeping missions. So you were really from out of the offices in the United Nations in New York City. You were boots on the ground. So
1: tell us, uh, Diane, what what some of these peacekeeping missions you you started to allude.
3: Where were you? Where did you go? In
1: the first section about the kind of things you did. But uh, fill us in some more.
3: Um, As I was saying, in Namibia, we were essentially there to hold down the country and virtually administrate it for the run-up to the elections.
1: For for the geographically challenged like myself, where is Namibia?
3: Namibia was formerly known as Southwest Africa. It's just to the north of South Africa, south of Angola. It's a very, very large territory, twice the size of California and very sparsely populated. So we had to be out in in the bush trying to track people down to register them and and hold an election. The other mission that we did together was in the former Yugoslavia as it was breaking up and the wars were breaking out in the early 90s. Right. And that was uh, a protection force, peacekeeping mission. And unfortunately, it wasn't the success that the Namibia mission was, because we did not have the cooperation of the governing authority. They have to want peace. You can't keep a peace if they don't want it.
1: Right. And
3: uh, we were uh, misled. As How to long the, were you
0: there in Yugoslavia?
3: We were there about six months. Uh, Jim was there first, and then he was in the sort of uh, lead team to do the, the, the reconnaissance to see where you could put military, where you could put civilian staff. And it was a very difficult time. It was a war-torn area. There were Roads were out. Communications were out. It was hard to operate there. We were using... We had no phones. They were using phones like you see in the TV show MASH. They dumped them in the bag, and uh, it, it was a completely different experience. The infrastructure, surprisingly, or maybe not so, in Namibia was excellent. The South Africans may have illegally occupied that territory, but they put in good infrastructure—the mm-hmm. roads, the phones, the communications. Whereas the Yugoslavs had blown it all up, so we we had quite right. a task. It's, it's so exactly you have a very would, yeah. distinctive logo for the United Nations. Do you
0: all have um, patches or vests or shirts or hats? How do you how do you present yourself, and how do you assimilate to uh, to being
3: in a community like that, Diane? Well, you, um, you have mostly it's an armband, and you're in a U.N. car. Okay. And they sort of get the message that you're with the U.N. Uh, just by virtue of you need an interpreter a lot of the time, although we didn't so much in Namibia. A lot of people spoke English. But in, in the former Yugoslavia, we were dealing in Serbo-Croatian, and we had to have interpreters. So we were recognized and recognizable. It was just that the reception wasn't quite what we were hoping. Well, what for. are your
0: living conditions like, Jim, when you're in a community like that?
2: Well, in Yugoslavia, it was uh, it was quite good. We were in occupied Croatia. A lot sounds
0: of, dangerous, dicey, a little dicey.
2: Yes, the, the Serbs had uh, occupied part of Croatia, and a lot of the Croats had fled their homes, leaving them empty. And we were temporarily billeted in some of those homes. Fascinating.
1: So, uh, in the in the moments we have left, would you advise people to have careers in the Iron Nations today? I mean, you've been through a lot,
2: both of you. Uh, is it something that you advise young people to get involved in? World peace. Yes. I miss the camaraderie of the UN. We're all working for one purpose there, and there is no distinction between the staff. There's no racial distinction. There's no religious distinction. Everybody is a staff member, and it's, it's great to be in a team working for peace.
1: And you know what? Right after these important messages, we'll talk more about the teamwork in Rotary with our great guests, uh, Millbrook Rotarian Jim lubin and his wife diane lubin right after these important messages so stay tuned
0: Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at SalisburyBank.com. That's
1: SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank. Enriching
3: At Patterson Auto Body, they know that a new car has more than 15 onboard computers operating everything from the engine to the radio. So technicians
1: not only need to know about automotive repair, but electronics, physics, and chemistry too. The specialized education needed to become an automotive service technician today is equivalent to several master's degrees. Patterson Auto Body is very proud of their automotive technicians. Experience is a wonderful thing. Call 845-878-3456 for a service appointment today. That's 845-878-3456 six.
0: Hi, this is Sarah oconnell Clater and welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Radio Rotary, Jonah. This has been so fascinating.
1: And it continues to be fascinating.
0: We've been chatting with our friends, uh, Jim and Diane Lubin. Jim is in my Rotary Club, actually, in Millbrook, New York, and he and Diane, their um, entire professional careers were devoted to their good work as staff people with the United Nations, and they right. have lived and worked around the globe right. doing that and we're getting some insight and behind the scenes of some of the missions as peacekeepers when mm-hmm. the two of them were
1: the boots on the ground but we, let's find out in their world travels how they ended up in millbrook so jim uh
0: yeah that's true how,
1: how did you end up that's becoming a, a rotarian
0: he met me no. <laughs> <laughs> we met in the club we yeah met.
2: so jim how'd you become a rotarian I actually met another Rotarian who I admired very much for what he was doing, a guy called Bill Berensman, who unfortunately passed away, and he urged me to join uh, the Rotary, and I was a bit skeptical of the club. Uh, but I looked up its history, and I saw it was so, so closely related to the United well, Nations. Well, there is a relationship
0: there. Right? Yes. yes,
2: that it had the same principles and indeed was a, a forerunner of the United Nations.
0: And we actually have a seat at the United Nations, it's the only service club in the world. Uh, yes. That is able to, I don't think it's the big deal seats, but somehow they're integrated into the hierarchy of the United Nations. Yeah, Rotary, the, that the, the
2: NGOs. Thank you. There are three NGOs. categories for NGOs, one, two, and three. And, and f- what
0: does NGO mean, Diane, exactly?
2: Non-governmental there organization.
0: For our yes. listeners. And
2: the you. Rotary clubs are in the top rated category so they they do have a seat it's it's a non voting seat they're just observers but they're always there to give their their little piece on what should be done
0: so you uh, mr berenson yeah he was very active in our club in millbrook rotary and then i also think you know the stroops i think um uh tom and susie stroop as well who tom has always been very active and somebody that i look up to well i just want
1: to know how in my club how have you served club. in world capitals such as uh, geneva paris New York, exotic locations like Africa. How do you end up in Millbrook? Not necessarily, not there's anything wrong with Millbrook, but how do you end it's up in fabulous. Millbrook?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's my fault. Uh, I I come from a very small town farther upstate, Oneonta, New York. Oh, sure. And a little bit of snow there, huh? <laughs> as I used to drive back and forth because I went to college in New York and worked in New York I always liked the Taconic Parkway. It Mm -hmm. was much more rural, not as busy back in the 60s and 70s. And I always thought, it's so quaint here. And when Jim and I met and got married, we were looking for somewhere to spend our weekends buy a home we ended up building a home and we just happened off the Taconic saw Millbrook and that was kind of it
1: so how is it that being married to a Rotarian and having a good friend as a Rotarian Sarah O'Connell Claytor you're sitting between two of them how come we haven't gotten you in Rotary yet she
0: she's really active with us she's super supportive she (laughs) Sarah's very kind (laughs) I need help I ask
2: I Diane comes through that's for sure
1: and speaking of the Millbrook Rotary Club uh, where and when do you
2: meet uh, Jim yeah, we meet every Wednesday at the Millbrook Cafe in the center of, on... Uh,
0: Main Street, basically, Main Street. or whatever it's called. Franklin Avenue.
1: Franklin <laughs> Right in the center of Millbrook. And, and, yeah. and Sarah normally asks, how's the food? But since she's a member of your club, she's going to tell us, how's the food, Sarah? Well,
0: it's absolutely wonderful, actually. The Millbrook Cafe, he has a brick oven. It, every The food is cooked so fresh. It's clean. It's, it's wonderful food. And, and they close. I mean, it, we have the whole place to ourselves. It's a private in the little cafe. It's wonderful. They do open for dinner. Highly recommend it. And we have a great group.
1: And if you're not in the Millbrook area, but still are interested in Rotary, go to rotary.org. How do you do that, Jonas? You go to rotar And what do you do when you get there? org. You click on the Club Locator <laughs> button, type in your hometown, find out where your local Rotary Club meets, join us for the fun, the food, the fellowship, and meet great people like Rotarian Jim Lubin of the Millbrook Rotary Club and his lovely wife uh, and Diane. partner in life, Diane Lubin. We're talking about their work for the United Nations and some of the uh, adventures they've had around the world. So you've taken us from Paris to Africa, geneva new york uh where else have you been anyplace else
3: with the united nations or yeah. just in general well well um, they travel all the time yeah Diane. tell us my <laughs> heritage my heritage is greek so we okay. spend a lot of time in greece i have family in sparta mm-hmm. jim always says i shouldn't tell people i'm greek i should <laughs> tell them i'm spartan because okay. there's a difference uh we travel to england uh We travel to Europe a lot, but we've never been back to any of the former Yugoslavia because that mission left a lasting scar because Uh, it it was a failure.
1: Now, we were talking earlier about uh, whether or not you would advise young people to uh, adopt a a, a career in the United Nations to help world peace. And, um, Diane, you had some... uh,
3: Pretty uh, strong thoughts British about thoughts that. Thoughts about
1: that. Please share out with us.
3: Um, I think it's it's a wonderful organization to work f- for wherever you happen to be. It's um, life changing, opens up your horizons in so many ways, which a lot of Americans could use more of a world view. I also really believe that the United Nations, uh, which is always a big target for criticism. Governments who want to blame somebody, well, the U.N. failed. The U.N. is its member states. It's not a a world army. It can only do what its member states allow it to do. And sometimes they're so hamstrung in the Security Council that they, they water things down and they come up with mission mandates that are almost impossible to fulfill. But I do believe that it's a career that people should aim for and that the U.N., uh, by by its charter, is the, the world's last best hope for peace, for world and, peace, and global Jim peace. In the, in, yes,
1: and Jim, the moment we have left, and the minute we have left, tell everyone why it's great to be a Rotarian.
2: Yeah, it is great to be a Rotarian. It it follows in the footsteps of the UN. It, it actually its predecessor. And uh, I just like to say about the UN, it's it's not a job. When you join the UN, it's a way of life, it, and it will change your life. It, and, Jim by, and Di- by serving the world.
1: Jim and Diane Lubin, thank you for everything you have done to save lives around the world through the United Nations and your great efforts. And, thanks and for also join- as a
3: Rotarian. And I
1: also as a Rotarian. And thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary.
3: Thank you. Our pleasure. Uh,
1: the thank was you very ours. much. And Sarah O'Connell Claytor. Who gave us the pleasure of sponsoring us today for Radio Rotary? Well, Jonah Radio Rotary is
0: sponsored by Mental Health America of Dutchess County, Mark Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Community, Norman Staffing, and the featured Rotary Clubs of New Paltz, Patterson, Pearl River, Philmont, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, Suffren, Walkillies, Wappinger Falls, and Warwick Valley, New York.
1: For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell Claytor, our producer Kathy Kruger, and the Wizard of the Buttons, our great engineer Mr. Jay Verzi, this is Jonah Trebow, so Thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org.
3: Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice,
4: This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO of MHA of Dutchess County and the Mark Agency. Suicide impacts tens of thousands of people each year and is often the result of untreated depression. Do not let the stigma keep you from talking to your doctor. The Claudio Cares Foundation and MHA want everyone struggling with depression to know that we all have a reason to live. Don't be a statistic and don't leave your loved ones wondering what they should have or could have done. What is your reason to live? Call MHA at 473-2500.